It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 11th, 2018. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode, we're going to talk all about the Magic's loss to the Milwaukee Bucks, a 110-103 loss that was not as close as the score indicated. And it, it's a loss that followed, really, a lot of the same themes that we talked about on yesterday's podcast uh, in the third quarter. Uh, but I'll talk about something that's maybe a little bit more global and and... Maybe a little bit more hopeful because, um, as I did, uh, as I did uh, online toward the end of the game, we're gonna try and say say nice things about the Magic because it's 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 tough. It's tough. These losses are starting to run together. But before we do that, I do want to remind everyone that you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. And of course, uh, I have not done a good job of this, and I apologize for it. If you are not already, be sure to download and subscribe to Locked On Jaguars. I don't know if you know this, but there's a team a couple hours north on I-95 that is uh, in a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. And if you want the complete lowdown, the complete local angle, the detailed analysis and breakdown of that playoff game, just like you would get on Locked On Magic if the Magic were in the playoffs, and God, one day they will be, because I'm sure Jaguars fans are saying the same thing. Check out Locked On Jaguars. You can find them on iTunes. Search Locked On Jaguars. They do a great job covering the team there. Let's dive right into it, though. The Orlando Magic take on the Milwaukee Bucks as this road trip continues. A three-game road trip for the Orlando Magic. Uh, definitely a frustrating game in a lot of ways as the Magic uh, kind of fall into the same trap that they fell in uh, in Tuesday's loss to the Dallas Mavericks. Orlando and Milwaukee both raced out of the gates. A lot of, lot of points early on. Not a lot of defense. Second quarter, a lot of defense. Not a lot of points. Um, but Orlando kind of held steady. They kept things within distance. And then in it, toward the end of the second quarter, things really began to change. Orlando struggled to finish both the first and the second quarter. Second quarter especially, they really, really struggled to close things out. Milwaukee was able to get a foul and a bucket uh, and some easy, some free points that, that really they should not have gotten. Uh, and the Magic found themselves down by seven at the break, or six at the break, excuse me. The third quarter, of course, has been the bane of the Magic's existence for the last few few nights. Gave up 40 to Cleveland, lost the game really in the third quarter to Dallas on Tuesday. I went through the stats uh, on yesterday's podcast after that Mavericks game. Something like a 132 offensive rating in third quarter, or defensive rating in third quarters over the last five games. The Magic have not adjusted well out of the locker room, and that was again the case in this one. Milwaukee scores 36 points in the four, in the third quarter. They make uh, 16 of 21 shots in the third quarter to pull away and take what was really a comfortable and easy win. Milwaukee led by as much 
as 20 points. They pulled their starters early in the fourth quarter, and if it were not for a really spirited run from bench guys like Mario Rizonia, Wessel Wundu, Bismack Biombo, Shelvin Mack, this game would not have been close. Orlando got it to about to eight with about a minute and a half, two minutes to go. Milwaukee was able to, to keep their bench players in, keep the lead out around 10, and then Orlando was done from there. This was just a really poor game from the Magic overall, um, except for that bright spot in the first quarter and the bright spot in the fourth quarter uh, when, when the game was really decided. The Magic were just never in sync offensively. Orlando ends up shooting 43.3% for the game, 8 for 29 from beyond the arc, um, just getting outworked, out-hustled once again uh, as the team just continues to struggle. And, and Milwaukee's length really gave Orlando problems. Uh, it, it felt like Orlando was not getting into their sets. It felt like they were laboring through their offense throughout the entire game. They weren't able to get easy buckets. Now, there were moments where it flowed well. Orlando had 26 assists on 39 field goal makes, so they were able to, I mean, when they were able to score, they were were doing it because they were passing the ball. But far too often, it felt like the Magic were forced into one-on-one situations. They were put deep into the shot clock, and and this Milwaukee team, despite all their length, it's not a very good defensive team. Um, this, This was a game where Orlando could have maybe taken advantage of some things with the pass. And instead, it felt like they were going one-on-one a lot. They were initiating their offense very late, in my opinion. Um, uh, when, when I was watching this game, I just felt like they were just running through mud. Uh, and, and the execution just was not good enough um, in, in any sense of the word. Uh, Frank Vogel, after the game, said he thought his team fought and thought they played hard, but the execution wasn't there, that the team just did not play at the level they need to, and they're just not playing good basketball right now. It's kind of a well-done moment, and some of it is I think he wants to keep his team's confidence and spirits up. He doesn't want to portray that that the team is that he's given up on the team or that the team has given up, but certainly there there is a lot of frustration going on with this Magic team, and and Orlando just is not generating the kind of offense they need. And, and we're going to talk a lot. I'm going to talk a lot about Aaron Gordon on this show, but Aaron Gordon was a perfect example of this. 11 points. Four for 18 shooting. He missed his final 11 shots. He scored 10 points in the first quarter. Just a non-factor the rest of the game. Uh, just a, really a non-factor. Missed all five of his three-pointers. There was one possession where someone passed him the ball and he was near the mid-court line as the shot clock expired. It was just a total lack of awareness from the Magic on all sides of of the ball offensively. And, and Orlando just, you, you can't recover from that. And you could see heads droop. You could see the team get really frustrated. And... Eventually, they just kind of fell apart and lost the game. Milwaukee, on the other hand, stepped their game up. They had their struggles. They, they weren't perfect at all, but they were able to get the baskets that they needed. They end up shooting 55.6% from the floor. Even though they shoot only 4 of 19 for the from beyond the arc, Milwaukee dominates this game because they're able to get to the basket, able to get easy shots, and able to just rip the Magic's defense apart. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 26 points, Chris Middleton, 22 points, John Henson, 14 points, Malcolm Brogdon, 14 points, Eric Bledsoe, 15 points. Just a a complete dominating performance from Milwaukee and from their starters. They just took it to the Magic. There's there's no other way to describe it. They took it to the Magic, made them hurt, uh, really just just kind of drove into the lane, kicked it back out, drove again, and, and just found good shots, outworked them on the glass, 10 offensive rebounds in the game, including five from John Henson. Um, just, uh, just a dominant performance. And, and again, the score does not indicate how badly the Magic got beat because Orlando made a nice little run in the fourth quarter. They were able to cut the lead down to seven, like I said, uh, but just a just a real bad performance from Orlando overall. Um, and, uh, and you got to wonder, 
with the with the problems coming out of the locker room, with the problems in the third quarter, at what point do you make a little bit of a change, try and mix up the energy, try and just jolt the guys a little bit, even even if it's not to the starting lineup, at least change the starting lineup at the beginning of the third quarters. Um, you know, the starters for the Bucks all had plus minuses above sixteen. All the Magic starters, uh, you know, Evan Fournier was minus three. He had a decent game, but. Um, yeah, so not so much the match. So the Magic, I mean, I don't know if the starting lineup's a problem. It's, it's something to explore, um, but that this team is really struggling. Um, and 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 this this was a game where Orlando just did not do basic things that they need to do. Um, you know, just executing a base offense, running set plays, not relying on each other, not going one on one so much. The Magic just were not able to get themselves going in the right direction all night long. They were treading water in the first quarter, in the first half. It really felt like. They were able to kind of keep themselves in it, but it just felt like a matter of time, and it was really a matter of time for a reason that I'm about that I'm going to discuss here in the second half of the show. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But let's run through the stats real fast uh, for the Orlando Magic. They're led in the scoring column by Evan Fournier, 21 points, 8 for 14, shooting 2 for 5 from beyond the arc, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 turnovers. Uh, good to see Evan get back in the scoring column and shoot efficiently. Uh, I think that is definitely a big thing for him, something that he struggled with since coming back from injury. That's something that Frank Vogel has pointed out, that it, it may take a few weeks for, for Fournier to get back into rhythm. He's really struggled, and, and like I've said, with the injuries the Magic have, with really the roster the Magic have, they're not going to do anything if Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier are not scoring at a high level. Um, and so efficiency, production, those matter. And, and Fournier produced... Felt like some of it was a little too late. He, he didn't produce much in the first half because he, he got in foul trouble. Uh, but uh, from from just a mentality standpoint, good to see Evan begin to build himself up. Um, you know, just a, a tough matchup for him at times with the length that Milwaukee has. Uh, Frank Vogel has said this several times that that the Magic are just small at at almost every position. And this is, and that's what I mean. I think he means just lengthwise. They're kind of small, and that's something the Magic are going to have to address uh, as they continue to to build up their roster again. Um, but Evan Fournier, solid night. Not a great night, but a solid night for him. Good to see him kind of get back on the schneid. Uh, like I said, I'm going to talk about Aaron Gordon plenty uh, in the second half of the show. But 11 points, four for 18 shooting, over five from beyond the arc, missed his last 11 shots. Um, more than anyone, he was the guy forcing play uh, and and making just a ton of mistakes. Because he, I mean, he was the guy that was trying to make everything happen, trying to take on that responsibility. And it's great that he tried to take on that responsibility, but that can't be how you do it. Um, you know, and I, and I think that that's something I'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, Aaron Gordon, just a rough, rough, inefficient night for him. Hurt the team, especially in that third quarter. Uh, and that, and one of the reasons why the Magic lost this game or, or couldn't stay in this game. 
Bismack Biombo, 14 points, 5 for 7, shooting 9 rebounds. Solid night overall for him. No blocks. Uh, I thought he was a hair off defensively, uh, but was great on the offensive glass. Great keeping keeping uh, rebounds alive and great finishing around the basket, which, of course, is not always the thing with Bismack Biombo. So uh, a solid outing from him, and, and I thought that uh, that was a a good place to start. That was definitely a good showing from him. Uh, Alfred Payton, 6.7 assists. Not much to say about that. Jonathan Simmons, 7 points, 2 for 6. Didn't take that many shots. No turnovers. That's positive. But, you know, the calls to not, calls to, to, to put Simmons back on the bench, definitely getting louder, definitely warranted. And that's because Mario Ozonia had another really nice game. 13 points, 6 for 10 shooting, 1 for 2 from beyond the arc, 4 rebounds for Mario Ozonia, including 2 steals. A lot of his, uh, eight, 5 of his 13 points came at the end of the game as the Magic made their little mini run to make it a, 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 a closer game than it really was. But Mario Azonia is playing really, really well, I have to say. Um, he's making shots, which is always a great place to start. Um, so in addition to making shots, he's also really playing within himself well. He's uh, not trying to do too much. And, and that's always something important for him and always something important uh, that he has to do. He is attacking when he needs to attack. He's taking open shots when he needs to take open shots. And so he's not making some of the same mistakes that he's making, that he was making before. Uh, and, and that's getting him more playing time. And at this point, with his shooting and with the confidence that he's playing with right now, the Magic should absolutely consider starting him over Jonathan Simmons. And, and the evidence continues to build that that is the direction the Magic should go. Maurice Spates adds 14 points off the bench as well. Again, the Orlando Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks, 110-103. to Late run again late, makes it interesting, but they can't overcome Giannis Antetokounmpo. 10 for 15 shooting, 7 rebounds, 26 points. Or Chris Middleton, 22 points, 9 for 14 shooting, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Missed all three of his three-pointers, though. Or uh, or any of the Milwaukee Bucks starters. The Bucks just dominate the Magic in the end. Hold on for the win with their deep bench, and that was that. Before we get into the rest of today's show, um, I, like I said, this weekend is the NFL's divisional playoff round. If you aren't listening to Locked On Jaguars to get ready for Jaguars Steelers, you definitely should. But another thing you should also do is, is if you are if you do like to gamble, consider where you place your bets. And the NFL playoffs are here, and I want to tell you about mybookie.ag. It's the number one rated online sportsbook. With your fantasy football season over, the only way to use your sports knowledge to win cash is by betting at MyBookie. It's a sportsbook that makes it easy to deposit and even easier to cash out your winnings fast. They have odds on literally everything. Well, not literally, but they have odds on everything. Live betting and an all-new prop builder. That's right. You can create your own bet slips and bet how you want. You want to bet your friend, and it's not just NFL, it's NBA too. You want to bet your friends LeBron will score 30 and have 10 plus assists? You can make that bet at mybookie.com at mybookie.ag and put your money where your mouth is. You can bet from your desktop, from the tablet, or on their world-class mobile site that lets you bet anytime, anywhere. MyBookie offers the fastest no-hassle payouts when you win. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 50% bonus. Just use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, that's LOCKEDONNBA, two N's in that, they don't share the N, when making your account. Visit mybookie.ag today and bet on the internet's favorite sports book, where you play, you win, and you get paid. No matter what moves you made last year, 
TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I, I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about the future of the Orlando Magic on, on this podcast, and it's, and it's obviously the direction that we have to turn to now because clearly the Magic aren't playing for very much this season. The 2018 season is... It's not over, you know, crazy things can happen. But ostensibly, the Magic are not going to make that run for the playoffs. So we are focused on what this team will look like and and how the remainder of this season can help build what that team will look like. And I think I've said it plenty of times on on this podcast that I, I truly believe that the remainder of this season is about figuring out just how far Aaron Gordon can take his game. At this point, it's clear that the Magic will probably offer Aaron Gordon, or Aaron Gordon will probably get a max contract in restricted free agency, and that's what the Magic are going to have to pay to keep him. And it feels like, of any player on this roster, besides Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon is the one that the Magic will most want to keep. And and according to Steve Kyler, Basketball Insiders, unless you're trading a bona fide all-star, you're not getting Aaron Gordon's restricted free agency rights from the Magic. They are planning to build around him or or make him a key figure on this team moving forward. And I've even heard from fans who have said, if the Magic trade Aaron Gordon or cut him loose, then I don't know what they're doing. We've spent much of the last five years since Dwight Howard's trade trying to find that next star. The whole Rob Hennigan rebuild was built on taking your losses, getting high in the draft, and drafting your next star. I can hear you yelling Victor Oladipo in the back. Just just, just be quiet for now. And so here we are now, today, looking at Aaron Gordon averaging around 19 points per game, and seeing the outlines of that star in a way that that I don't that even with Victor Oladipo I don't think we saw. Aaron Gordon feels like he has it, but just because it feels like he has it doesn't mean there aren't growing pains to come. Because being a star is it means a lot more than scoring the most points on the team. It means a lot more than being the guy that takes the final shot, although that's that's another area where I'd like to see Aaron Gordon get some opportunities and grow. Being a star means that you support, you help the team make a positive impact on the team every single night, even on your bad nights. You find a way to contribute in a positive way. 
and, when appropriate, take over games. It's not just about the scoring. It's about the attitude and the confidence you bring to the game and how you help your team even when you don't have it. And of course, it's it's certainly the magic, certainly a, a young player like Aaron Gordon, and he's still very, very young at 22 years old. A young player like Aaron Gordon wants to prove himself in key matchups that he measures up to these star players. Like Aaron Gordon, Giannis Antetokounmpo came into the league as a raw athlete. A rangy stretch four, three, no one really knew what he was. And he had to develop in the within the NBA to become a superstar. Antetokounmpo is possibly an MVP candidate, certainly a possible all first-team All-NBA candidate. And someone that is different from Aaron Gordon because of his is nutty length, but is similar in a lot of ways too. And so to see how Gordon measured up against Giannis, to me at least, is an important step in Gordon's maturation and development. And the thing that I take away for the future here is that Wednesday night's game showed just how much growth and learning Aaron Gordon is yet to do. As Darth Vader would say, you are not a Jedi yet, young Skywalker. Where Aaron Gore, certainly Aaron Gordon was eager for this matchup. You could kind of see it. He was matched up directly with Giannis Antetokounmpo, and and his eyes were wide, and he was determined to, to get stops. And he played some very good defense early on. And, and Giannis got some licks licks in. He got to the foul line in transition a few times, uh, but he, but Gordon put the pressure on him. Gordon definitely put the pressure on him and got him into foul trouble on the other end. And Gordon took advantage, like stars should do. His 10 points, 4 for 7 shooting in the first quarter were a really good sign and and showed just the kind of talent that Gordon has. And we've seen that talent throughout the season. But I think what's more instructive is what happened in the third quarter. In the third quarter, Antetokounmpo took over. In the third quarter... Antetokounmpo scored 13 of his 26 points, made six of his seven, six of seven shots, and did a lot of that on Gordon. He beat him up. And on the other end, with Giannis guarding Aaron Gordon, he stopped the Magic's offense from working. And as we've seen with Aaron throughout the season, Aaron tries sometimes too hard to play as the star rather than to play his own game. He tries to take guys off the dribble, play one-on-one basketball, the inefficient basketball that kills the Magic's flow offensively. And that was the trap Gordon fell into, trying to get the Magic out. The intention, I think, is good. He was trying to do 
good for his team. He, was, he, he felt the responsibility that comes with being the team star and the best player and tried to get them out of it. But unfortunately, he was not able to do it because he is not quite that player yet. In the third quarter, Aaron Gordon scored one point on 0-for-7 shooting, missed all three of his three-pointers. A lot of those three-pointers came off balance. Again, he missed his final 11 shots to finish four... Of, uh, sorry, his final 10 shots to finish 4-of-17. 11 shots, sorry, he's 4-of-18. And so these, this is the lesson that Gordon has to learn. How do I make my team better when I don't have my shot going? Giannis Antetokounmpo knows how to do that because he didn't have his shot going in the first half. In the first half, he had to get to the line for most of his shots. In the first half, he had to force, he had to, to find a way to get others involved, which he is capable of doing, and force the Magic defense to collapse around him. He knows he's not a jump shooter, so he doesn't shoot jumpers. He got all the way to the rim. He found a way to contribute. And when his team needed him to take over, he got to the basket and took over. Aaron Gordon's shot chart does not look like Giannis Antetokounmpo's. Aaron Gordon's shot chart shows a lot of mid-range jumpers. If you watch those games, watch those replays, a lot of step backs, a lot of stuff off the dribble. Gordon was not, was trying to play the star rather than be the star. And that's a lesson he has to learn too. And Aaron Gordon's big games this year when he scored 40 plus points and done and put up some, some gaudy numbers, Frank Vogel has consistently said, you know, it didn't feel like we were forcing things to Aaron. It all came naturally within the flow of the offense. And that's very true. When Aaron is working well, as he did in the first quarter of this game, Everything flows and feels natural for him. He's getting it off of cuts. He's getting it in transition. He's getting it off of spot-ups. He's not getting it off the dribble as much. And while Gordon certainly needs to add that to his game, that is not the primary way that Aaron Gordon will score, nor the primary way he will star in this league. Not until he becomes a better passer and assist maker. These are the parts of Aaron Gordon's game that The Magic need to discover, and Aaron needs to discover, and learn that he needs to work on. Because these are the ways that he will continue to grow and develop into the star the Magic will one day need. This is an isolated game, obviously. A bad game for Aaron Gordon. Perhaps following another bad game uh, against Dallas. But there's still these moments where you do see what Aaron Gordon will become, and we've seen that plenty throughout this year. Enough that most of us are ready to invest wholly in what Aaron Gordon can be. The Magic will definitely have to continue to invest wholly in that. They will continue to have to be willing and ready to put their chips in with him. And Gordon's going to have to continue to grow and learn these lessons. His improvement is the number one thing for the Magic right now. And I think he got a big lesson of that from a freshly minted superstar in Wednesday's loss. 
I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. We'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Magic Talking. We'll talk about the Magic's game against the Washington Wizards. You can, of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com as well as follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Once again, the Orlando Magic fall to the Milwaukee Bucks 110-103 to over at the BMO Harris Bradley Center. The Magic wrap up this three-game road trip in Washington against the Washington Wizards on Friday. We'll have a complete preview of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But for now... For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.